from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. And welcome back to another Red Friday edition of Locked On Chiefs. I am Chris Clark. I am a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com, as well as the managing editor of LockedOnChiefs.com. And I have with me my co-host, Ryan Tracy. You get to do all the nice, pretty written stuff, and I just do podcasting and numbers and Folks, you can find my stuff right. at Rogue Analytics. Don't say you do numbers because you know you don't do numbers well. Oh, of course I do. Come on. My analytics, you cannot beat. I'm telling you. Okay, those types of numbers maybe, but general types of numbers, that's scary. Oh, common everyday stuff? Yeah, that's not my thing. But Exactly. Uh, <laughs> that was my point. <laughs> you can also find my stuff at RGR Football on YouTube. Uh, and I've got a big video up about last week with some film breakdown, some of the all 22, whole nine yards. So check that out. Um, but today we're moving on from success in week one, and we are looking towards these Pittsburgh Steelers. And we do want to move on, but I do want to bring up uh, just a couple of things real quick that I saw. Um, I did see inside the NFL, Boomer Sison really likes Patrick Mahomes. I had a lot of great things to say about him. Uh, and, I, and I like the segment on inside the NFL because it showed Mahomes basically doing what Barry does before the game and firing up firing them up before they went out in Los Angeles. So I I have that recorded somewhere. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah. So no, I just wanted to point it out because to me, that's a big leadership sign. So really like that. Yeah. That's a positive. You want to see that, you know, not just on the field, like you said, because the position kind of gives itself a little bit of leadership because he has to touch the ball every down, but having that outside of it, that's, that's a great sign. Yep. Team respects him. Team works at or goes after it for him. So, uh, great sign moving forward. And I also want to give a shout out to, uh, you know, I've seen multiple different people talking about Andy Reid, different plays and whatnot. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, go look on the Locked On Chiefs timeline for Dan Orlovsky. And if I pronounce that wrong, I apologize. He broke down a uh, the uh, goal line play, and he called it he called it rude twice. <laughs> well, Melvin Ingram thinks it was. Um, it's also in my latest video, not the latest. By the time this goes up, you should have the game plan video, but my video from earlier in the week. Uh, and I uh, go through it play by play, but all versions of it. Uh, it's very interesting. And I, I think Orlovsky probably, I haven't seen that either, but what was his big takeaway? His big takeaway was that Andy Reid is a master play caller. And, um, you know, he said that the he doesn't think that the motion from Hunt being out of the backfield into the backfield really matters or man versus zone. It just matters that the look they get, uh, if they think they can run it. And obviously it's, it's maybe, I don't know. Do you still call that an RPO? Cause I think passing is still an option at that point. I mean, it looks like it's mostly a run from what it, we've seen. I don't think it's anything but a run. Um, the way they ran it, it week one. I think it will become an RPO or it will become basically play action. Um, but no, the way they ran it, it was so so quick to get back out of his hands. It's almost like hot potato. It's it's like it's a chess right. pass in, in kindergarten basketball. Um, so I don't a, think there's need really going on there to, to possibly pass it. Well, it was a pre-snap read. Well, and in that may opinion. be true, but that's, that's in, not an RPO is my point. That's fair. Okay. No, that's fair. I, I, I get where you're going on that. Um, so, fair enough. Not an RPO, but still a fun play to watch. Uh, and, yeah, I, li- I liked him calling it rude because, to me, it really was 
especially running it, basically running the same play three times and having pretty good success on it three different times. You know, and you can call it rude, but I, I balk at that. This is the same thing as running I-formation power back in the day or anything else. You run it until they stop it, period. It's an advantage. Shove it down their throats over and over. Fair enough. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I loved it. It just I, – I liked his, his take on it. So go yeah, check, no, go I just, take I a just look find it interesting he'd call it rude because uh, I would well, think I a think quarterback he's... would be up for the, the creativity part of it. Oh, I, I think he was up for the creativity part of it. It just – I think he meant it more of it's kind of disrespectful to the defense because it's just you make him look so stupid. Mm-hmm. And the Chargers did look stupid. So, you know, when Travis well, – And I know we went into some of the details – yeah, right, exactly. When, right, when just waving to his right-hand side, but yeah. Um, and folks, if you missed yesterday, go back and, and listen to us. Uh, we talked about it some with Seth, and uh, some of the, my points, uh, I think, are things that are going to be building blocks for the future of this look. But um, my big question for you is, do you think they run it against the Steelers? Some kind of variation, yes. That specific play, maybe, maybe not. It's hard to say. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out and – they do that type of setup, and uh, maybe they hit Watkins on the backside this time, flaring out to the right. Uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I you like could, it. You I, could easily you could easily do a fade type route with oh, where yeah. they were if they got that type of play, if they got that specific position where they're within five yards. I mean, if you have everything bunched in the middle of the field. You know, it's really easy to do a fade, single up your wide receiver on the outside and take that shot. Yeah, not, I think I talked about Kelsey and what I would do with him on this particular thing yesterday. So, uh, again, if you missed that, go check that out. But um, certainly that's going to be part of, if not this week's game plan, of game plans going forward. But um, that brings me to another question. When we look specifically at these Steelers and what they did and what they didn't do week one, um, even with the caveat that it was pretty foul weather, uh, there was a lot of rain, and so that kind of dictated a few things. But I feel like the Chiefs have an ability to do something other than uh, outside zone in order to get some yards. I feel like they can run uh, a little bit on the other side. I'd run behind LT- LDT, and and I want to see them do some of their nice tight inside pulls, get some counteraction going, because I think that they can get some some ground gain against the Steelers' front. Possibly. I'm not going to say that they can or cannot. I think really what that's going to depend on is how the Steelers de- decide to defend them. If they come in and bring in eight in the box, uh, I think you need to be looking elsewhere. Um, because well, yeah. at that point... You know, and and I understand that you know what I'm talking about when it comes to that. I'm just saying, you know, they're, how they play their defense is going to dictate a lot of what they're going to be able to do. Uh, and honestly, I'm not sure that the league has figured out how they're going to defend Patrick Mahomes yet because you saw the uh, Chargers not um, respect his arm, and that first touchdown pass to Anthony Thomas was all about his arm. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you the other thing is um... – the other thing they don't respect is his body, and and I hope that what we don't see is him keeping the ball down on the, on the goal line. Uh, right. I am the more I go through the film, and I've, I've I've looked at aspects of it. I've probably watched the the whole game probably two or three times at this point. The more that I'm concerned about Patrick just not having his timing 
synced up about getting down on the ground and keeping himself from getting hit. It's one thing if you're throwing the ball away and you get hit out of bounds. Uh, that's going to happen. There's really no way to avoid that. But when you're in control of when you go to the ground on a slide, just do it earlier and save yourself some wear and tear. Well, and I believe Reed talked about that too. I mean, he has to learn how to do that and when to do that. Yeah, I'm just saying I want him to learn it now. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I get it because you don't want Henny to have to play any extended stretch. You want Pat to get all the snaps. and Really because some of those plays that he made against the Chargers are really going to be hard to defend for any defense. Um, you know, one of the other things I saw that um, Charles McDonald, I believe, is uh, Twitter handles for Verts. He's another one that I tweeted out on the Locked On account. Talked about how the Chiefs have been physic. They've brought a new level of physicality to offense, and he's not talking about the trenches. He's talking about the weapons on the outside. You you just so you simply do not have the ability to defend the Chiefs' weapons on the outside right now. Well, and Most you know, teams. I think people underestimate Tyreek because he's small in stature, but he's a built little dude, you know, and he's he's got a flipper. He can fight through press when he has to, especially if he's accelerating, you know, not directly into the defender. Uh, but when you look at Conley and you look at Watkins and you look at Kelsey, they're all physical threats, and I, I see exactly that, what he's talking about. Even that. Yeah. I'm talking speed and quickness. Sure, sure. I'm not. Ta- I'm not Plan talking about go. stature at that point. Yeah, uh, and you know, Demarcus Robinson even has a little bit of that when it comes to speed. So, you know, their entire offense is set up great, and good luck to defenses trying to figure out how to stop it. Because once you try to figure out how to stop the passing game, they'll light you up in the run game. But let's take a quick break, and we will be right back. All right. So we talked about the offense a lot. We talked about Mahomes. Flip it over to the other side of the ball. I really do think that Kansas City is going to show something against the Steelers' de- Steelers offense on defense that we weren't expecting. I, I do like a lot of the pieces that Cleveland has, but I don't think they have the type of front seven that Kansas City has. No, I mean, outside of Garrett, I think Garrett showed himself to be the all-around pass rusher. He has more bend than you would expect from a guy of that height. Oh, absolutely. Um, he bends as well as Houston does. No, absolutely. Uh, and, I'm not taking anything away from Garrett at all. But the rest of that front seven is not what Kansas City has. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think they have to be, again, more aggressive, especially between the tackles. I really liked what they did uh, a couple of different times uh, against the Chargers where they took uh, the tackles and moved them outside into at least – at least seven techniques. More, a couple of times, Naughty was out pretty wide. Uh, you would call that a nine. Uh, Bailey was too, although they ran a twist there with with uh, Terrence Smith at one point. So he really started outside and probably you know shaded out maybe a seven tech, and he ended up crashing inside too. So that, that's fine if that's where he needs to get there. Alan Bailey's acceleration isn't going to cover that much ground if he split that wide out. But having Houston and Ford inside. In attacking that B-gap, like I talked about last week, attacking those guards. DeCastro didn't practice all week. Uh, he 
he did practice some this week. I mean, uh, but he, he wasn't there all week. He, he's nursing a little bit of injury, and I think he might be a little bit susceptible. He's one of the guys that pulls really well for them, but you can get past him with some, uh, especially the hand-fighting techniques that uh, that Houston likes to employ uh, and that pull arm of his. So I really hope that they can jack that up again. Well, and they have that, and they also have uh, – you also have the ability – to stuff the run, I think, a little bit too. I, you know, Le'Veon Bell is a special talent. Yes, James Conner had a good game, but he's not Le'Veon Bell. He does not have the ability. And the thing that killed Kansas City the past couple of times they played the Steelers is Bell's abil- ability to wait for his blocks to um, to show up and, and to be there. And mm-hmm. with Conner, you're not going to have that near as much. And I do think that... Hitchens and Ragland and maybe even Terrence Smith to some degree are going to be better shutting down that run game than they have with Bell because, you know, like well, I said, he's both Hitchens and Ragland's right. And both Hitchens and Ragland's have the ability to shed blocks better than what we saw last season. Um, now, Reggie didn't look a hundred percent to me last week. Um, according to PFF, he missed four tackles. I've only found a couple at this point, but I'm not I'm not hunting and and doing like Seth does in, in actually charting a single player. That's not what I do. Well, I don't think, but I don't think he's in regular season form yet. I mean, I think he's still behind. For uh, and sure, I think for he's sure. Probably got. I don't know that he'll be ready before. Uh, I can't remember who they play week four, but I don't know that he'll be ready. He'll be fully ready to go before week four. Yeah, but. My point being is that despite missing those, I think one thing that will help you not miss as many um, is if you as the linebacker are attacking uh, the gap. And I think Connor does his most damage inside. Uh, he can get outside, but I think he's best between the tackles. I like the, him in those short counters and those pulls. And if Reggie can jump those gaps, especially when they're pulling to his side, um, I, I think he can attack the holes and get there, uh, meet the back in the hole rather than uh, trying to play it off. It, he looked a little bit hesitant. It looked like he was reading a little bit still uh, last week, and I think that's part of the problem of week one. So I'm looking for a big jump from Reggie Ragland in week two. Well, I'd love to see a big jump. I think it's a little. it would be a little quick if he makes that jump right away, uh, but I do think it'll be there by week four. Uh, I just think, like I said, I think he is still getting in the swing of things, didn't hardly practice in the preseason because of a knee injury or whatever that was. So I, I do expect that he'll look a lot better when it comes down to like week four, week five. Uh, and hopefully by that time we'll have Eric Berry back because it doesn't appear that he's going to be available on Sunday against the Steelers. No, at this point, you know, folks, we're, we put this out the night before Friday. So Friday's walkthrough is, is really his last chance to practice. So we'll see if that actually comes off. But uh, I, I think it's safe to assume whether he's back this week or next week or when he is, he needs to be ready to play. And I find it difficult to think that in terms of play shape that he's going to be able to do that. So even when he does come back, I still see a good mixture of other players getting time at safety. And and honestly, I think at the end of the day, despite a couple of miscues, I thought Eric Murray played okay in his stead uh, against the Chargers. And I will say this, that's also what you want because you don't want him going in and playing every single snap when he comes back. You know, obviously they're they're holding him out trying to get his heel to feel okay and not have any pain or any issue. And they say they keep saying it's day to day and I I've, I've seen people say put him on IR. I'm like I wouldn't put him on IR. 
if they think he's day to day, they think that he could be ready, you know, this week, next week, who knows? There's no reason to put him out for eight weeks. Uh, if I they think he's going to be available, you know, and at this point, you know, you've got him on the roster and you have the ability to let him just say, sit there and be a coach for the most part. And, you know, like you said, even when Barry comes back, you're still going to see Eric Murray and Armani Watts on the field more than likely. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm, I'm not going to say yay or nay. I, I will take that as it comes. I, what I'm looking for is survive, survive until Barry can get back. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's really what the bottom line is for me. And I think one of the other ways that they have to look about doing that is about mixing some of the coverage that they play in the back end. I'd like to see more mixed zone, man. I'd like to see some, honestly, some cover two man under, I think is a good way to play this particular team because uh, AB is AB. But I think you can get Schuster in some situations where you might be able to take advantage of him uh, in those zones. Ben, a couple of his interceptions were just kind of sad. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, bad throws, et cetera. Again, the weather plays into that. But some of them were because um, I don't think he and the receivers were uh, 100% on the same page about – where to settle down, how quickly to settle down. And I think the the zones that we saw Cleveland use, I think that's something the Chiefs can expand upon and try to get some more turnovers after Ben gave up, what, was it five turnovers last week? Something like that. And he's not fully healthy this week. So that'll be interesting to watch as well. Obviously, he usually comes in after having a bad game and lights up Kansas City. But the one thing that I do like uh, is if you can get past this week with Barry, I'm sorry, but San Francisco doesn't scare me when it comes to their wide receivers. No. So at that point. Although I will say this. Pettis is a nice little receiver that's going to come in and be their third. He will, uh, be, as long as, he will be good, I think. Okay. Yeah, and I think the what we saw against the Chargers was Eric Murray coming down and playing the slot. Um, and I, th- I think if that continues to be true, um, I think that is something worrisome because I think Pettis has the advantage there. Well, and that might be a little worrisome in that specific situation, but you can adjust for that. You know, what I will say, though, is if you can get past this week without Eric Berry, you give him another two weeks, and then it's a Monday night game against Denver in Denver. Honestly, I think you can – I think if he's back by then, you're in good shape. Let's take another quick break, though, and we will be right back to talk about how we think this game is going to shake out. All right, so we've talked offense, defense – uh, I, I suppose we should mention special teams. I think the Chiefs still have the advantage in special teams, uh, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I think so. I mean, with Tyreek's start and the fact that they didn't give up anything uh, abnormally long uh, on the reverse side in terms of coverage, I think they're probably in good shape. Well, and I would still take Butker over uh, Boswell. So, mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, although I will say, I don't like going to Pittsburgh because it is really strange. When it, I hope this game doesn't come down to a field goal. Yeah, the winds in that stadium are iffy. Um, I think they get a lot of swirling action in the one end zone that I can't. I can't remember which one it is, but I really like Butker, and he does a fantastic job of almost always being right down the middle, or within like six feet of the middle post every single mm-hmm. time. It's yeah, he doesn't like, have a whole lot of hook, does he? No. And it just seems to be straight down the middle. And you're just like, yeah, you do that every time. We're going to be good. <laughs> not gonna that's going to work. That's buddy. not going to have issues. 
But in Pittsburgh, that wind is going to be really bad going that one direction. So you hope it doesn't come down to that uh, at the end of the game. But how do you see this game shaking out? You know, I think they buck the trend. I think they ride the arm, and I, I personally feel like Sutton and Artie Burns are particularly uh, exposed. And I think if the Steelers try to play Sean Davis on, on Travis Kelsey in kind of a, a one-on-one kind of thing, I think Kelsey destroys him. So I see them bucking the trend. I have the Chiefs winning 27-24. Okay. I think the Chiefs put up more points. I think they're at 35-27 probably. Uh, and mainly because I just, this offense, I just have a feeling that Andy Reid's going to have something specific up his sleeve for the Steelers. You know, everybody says that he was looking forward to game one. I'm sure he was looking forward to game one, but, you know, with his pass with the Steelers and this team's pass with the Steelers, you have to know that he's got something up his sleeve for that team. Uh, so what do you see the final at? 35-27-ish, 35-28, something like that. Uh it's going to be really hard for Kansas City to stop Pittsburgh on a regular basis uh, often, or defensively, but I think their offense has enough weapons. And Kelsey seemed pretty happy with the win, regardless of not getting a lot of targets last week. I think that changes this week. Uh, I think he gets more targets. Uh, and I don't think it was necessarily that they took him away. I just think that uh, the times he was targeted, they got away with a couple of holds and should have been called penalties that weren't. Um, yep. I mean, you can't get in somebody's way when they're running a route and get away with it three or four times, but that's what Los Angeles got away with. So, uh, we will see how that ends up, but I, I think Kansas City, I think Kelsey has a much bigger game this week and I'm not going to be surprised if Watkins doesn't have a bigger game either, because to me, that Steelers secondary does not scare me. Now, T.J. Watt And, and might, again, Sutton and Burns. Yeah. I mean, he has advantage on both of them. T.J. Watt might, but... One thing that we saw last week that, you know, Seth is going to really talk about or Seth has really talked about is Mahomes' ability to look down the field when he is scrambling out of the pocket. Not necessarily cutting to go try to get a couple yards, but scrambling left, scrambling right, and keeping his eyes downfield. That is huge for quarterbacks, and that's huge for some of the plays he made, especially the third and 12 play against the Chargers in the third quarter. From what, his own 12-yard line or something like that? Yeah, right. Uh, The great thing is they're never out of it. So if they get the look they want, boom. Right. Um, I'm looking forward to something splashy. I think the Steelers probably come up with a big player too, too. Uh, And I'll say Connor will have one of them because this run defense is better, but it's not perfect. So um, I think, folks, we're still into the point where it's generally for the season going to be higher scoring games. And they're just going to have to outscore the opponents. So we'll keep an eye out for that. You guys keep an eye out for that. Make sure you're checking out the Locked On NFL show as well as all the other ones for all of these teams. Uh, We appreciate you listening to us today. Happy Red Friday. And we'll talk to you post-game after the Steelers. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube. Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.